Welcome to Punditocracy, Lawrence.com's politics and culture podcast. I'm Gavin, along with Matt Armstrong, and I apologize for the lengthy hiatus between podcasts, but we we came under heavy sniper fire every time we tried to get into the podcast studio, and so I had to postpone recording for several weeks. Um, and... And if you believe that, you obviously haven't seen the YouTube video of me doing blow off of a trans man's breast implants during my three-week research expedition to New Orleans. So thank you, everybody, for bearing with us. And thank you, Matt Armstrong, for joining us again on this week's Punditocracy. Studio B! (laughs) Woo! (laughs) I'm recording podcastistable. (laughs) Oh... And Matt is currently enjoying the Champagne of Beers Zistable. God, I love Studio B. I'm a yellow lager man. You're a brown lager. <laughs> yes, man. I'm. That's why I'm Barack Obama Zistable. Mm-hmm. I like it brown. I like it creamy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brown around. Ugh, oratory skills. Yeah. But sniper fire being at the top of the agenda. I love that that's the news. Yeah. Like, the news is, man, Hillary Clinton's full of shit. Wow, she told a whopper. But that's the problem. Okay, we're going to go into the background, but since we are in this lull between actual electoral contests, like, nobody's voting. It's been a month since we've had, and it will be a month, more than a month since the Texas, Ohio. That kind of hit me this week. Primaries. just like, Jesus Christ, when's it going to happen? Yeah, and you have this this school of piranha out there known as the 24-hour cable news networks looking for anything to feed the beast yeah and so whenever hillary clinton trips up or whenever somebody from barack obama's past says something stupid that's going to occupy an entire news cycle if not a week's worth of news cycles during the lull 50 cent has officially lost interest he he was quoted this week (laughs) he was a hillary supporter and then he switched to mr obama and now he doesn't give a shit (laughs) now he's considering mike gravel he's just like i lost interest yeah. <laughs> Bill Richardson gave Obama his support, so I don't know now. Mm. You know, I've I've really studied both of their health care proposals, yeah. and um, I find them both lacking. <laughs> no coverage. <laughs> Says for, Curtis. No coverage for bullet wounds <laughs> <laughs> or lagging sales. Oh. oh, get rich or die from lack of health insurance. Anyway, what? Uh, Bosnia, Tuzla, Bosnia specifically. Hillary Clinton, for those who haven't heard this story, uh, had frequently, in order to try to burnish her foreign policy credentials, kept talking about this trip she took to Bosnia uh, shortly after her husband, which she has somehow, through the miracle of osmosis, absorbed experience and her own foreign policy credentials while living in the White House. The Bosnia conflict, which Bill Clinton uh, intervened to his credit, Hillary took a trip there, and as she relayed this story, she was going on a very sensitive diplomatic mission to try to stabilize the region. And when she was flying into this Tuzla Air Force base, she was under heavy sniper fire, had to wear a flak jacket. Had to run to the car. Everyone was in danger, and when she got off of the plane, yes, she had to be escorted to, like, an armored Humvee, and then... Uh, you know, spirited away to an underground bunker somewhere. But in reality... But, and here's the hilarious part, (laughs) who's the first person to call bullshit on this story? Sinbad. it's fucking delicious. Sinbad. (laughs) But, like... And and a little bit of background for those amongst our listenership uh, who are 
too young and or too culturally literate <laughs> to not know who Sinbad is. Not illiterate, but they would thankfully have gone through their life not having heard of Sinbad. Famous, well, I mean, in stand-up terms, comic from the late 80s, early 90s, went on Hillary on this sort of basically USO junket uh, that was in Tuzla. I love uh, the way that Bill Maher put it, that, that it, was, it was a story involving a, a star from the 90s whose, whose star was fading fast and, and Sinbad. Sin yes. <laughs> so well said. <laughs> and especially, like, for her to, like, paint this romantic picture of, like, her, like, running undercover to the car mm-hmm. and stuff. And then, like, in reality, she was getting a poem read to her by an eight-year-old girl. Yeah, yeah and this eight-year-old <laughs> girl, like, every time she opens her mouth, there's somebody yeah. there to say no. Yeah. Like that 3 a.m. ad featured the sleeping children. The yeah. child in that ad yeah. came out and said, no, I'm an Obama was, supporter. I thought that was awesome, yeah, because she filmed it for stock footage. Yeah. Like for a stock yeah. footage Yeah, and, and yeah, as is common practice. But, yeah. uh, but that was kind of funny. And now the little child that Clinton met yeah. on the tarmac that was supposedly under heavy sniper fire yeah. has come out and said, no, yeah. bullshit, madam. <laughs> Either either you used me as a shield, or you were lying. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, so after Sinbad came out and said, mm, I mean, I know I'm not the right. most credible source because I'm Sinbad, but it didn't happen. Then video surfaced of her at this very airstrip oh, during this, yeah. There's YouTube there video. Yeah, of it. it's of her with Chelsea. By the way, if she was under heavy sniper fire, great judgment bringing your teenage daughter along <laughs> with you at the time. Uh, but yeah, it's her and Chelsea and Sinbad getting off of this plane and just sort of strolling over to this reception line. I remember this little girl when I was learning to drive, and my dad would take me to war zones. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's the only way you're going to learn. <laughs> you got to learn. To, you got to you you learn to drive a stick, <laughs> and you got to learn to drive a stick in a war zone, preferably at yeah. a heavy shelling yeah. artillery yeah. range. If, if you can dodge a surface-to-surface missile, you can dodge a pothole. <laughs> <laughs> you can work a clutch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but uh, she's but, a liar. Uh, she is, and the fact that she got called out by Sinbad. But do you have? Do you think that anybody's? I mean, we're doing it. But do you think that the mainstream press is really just going to go? Yeah, full bore with it. No, like, no, she is a liar. What's happening right mm-hmm. now is again, since we are between any actual news happening on the campaign, nobody's voting right now. Right, they're looking for anything to jump on and. The other thing is, being a quasi-journalist myself, right. I know that uh, journalists are lazy people. You're a real journalist. No, okay. I, 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 I get drunk. <laughs> like a real journalist. <laughs> I've made up shit. <laughs> I'm a journalist. I've lied a lot. <laughs> uh, so that's why I can call Hillary Clinton out on this stuff. I, I found your last save and splurge laughing. <laughs> it's true. It's, uh, it did not meet AP standards. Mm. <laughs> but uh, there is a habit amongst the lazy media, which they all are, and especially if you're working for one of these 24-hour cable news networks. Right, because you're that, just desperate to just Yeah, you have, you have, have literally every minute of every day mm-hmm. you have to fill. And so you're looking for anything. And you don't have time to do the in-depth background <laughs> research that you know is afforded to people from you know the Atlantic Journal or even Rolling Stone or something. Right. So th- you work around pre-existing narratives, and and frames that already exist, and you try to fill those in because you know that it's already played out and it's already worked in the past, so you're just looking for something to pour into that narrative. And the pre-existing narrative about Hillary Clinton is that she does not tell the truth. 
Wow. And Al Gore fell into that himself in 2000. That's mm-hmm. partially what spoiled – I mean, he was a terrible candidate first and foremost, but he also spoiled it. Uh, because the media was just absolutely convinced that he was a prevaricator and an exaggerator and a serial rapist, which is what Maureen Dowd probably implied at the time. But well, but you're kind of right. Like people took his statements about like creating the internet, yeah, which he never said, by the way, and stuff. Like people took like that thing so out of context mm-hmm. and became that. Do you think there's some aspect of that? that it is exactly that. that. And and the other thing, like um, like was this like Hillary's macaca moment? I don't think it's going to go that far, but it's just another chink in the electability armor. That is racist. I sh- <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Clinton, as a black man, cannot be elected president of the United States. Um, uh, but no, and the same thing happened to Howard Dean in 2004 when he did his with stream. the raw moment. Yeah. yeah, that's like, oh, he's unsuitable, he's unstable, he can't do it. I mean... Uh, I mean, that in and of itself probably didn't kill it, but it fed into the larger narrative of Howard Dean being unprepared for prime time. But, yeah, with all these candidates, they become dismissible with that moment. Yeah. But, like, but she's not, though. Like, the the fangs are in. She will not let go. No. no. And and it's because, like, there's been a lot of people, like you included, of uh, Obama supporters that are just, like, step out. Just, they're really, the push is really on. Yeah. Like, you guys are destroying the Democratic Party. You're 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 fighting against each other. You're you're doing all the Republicans' dirty work for them. I actually I and will like, say I will say though that I really don't know exactly how damaging an extended primary would be because it, the sort of flip side, yeah, they're trashing each other and yeah, they're using memes that the Republicans will use, but the Republicans were going to use those anyway. So really? I I mean like anything that Clinton has on Obama. John, I guarantee you the uh, the RNC and John McCain's campaign already have that oppo memo PowerPoint presentation ready right. to go. Uh, I mean, they like it that Clinton's doing it for them yeah. so that they don't have to drive up their negatives while they're doing well, it. Well, because I was thinking about that uh, earlier today, that McCain, his campaign hasn't really run any negative stuff. And it's because they don't have to touch yeah. the Democrats right now. No. Because just Clinton. Because just Clinton yeah. is doing all the dirty work for everybody. Yeah. Like, Obama's still taking that high road, and, and you know, it remains to be seen, like, which road goes to the to the White House. Like, because she's just doing every, like, bad Karl Rove impersonation that she's got, and just, ugh. Yeah. It's just so distasteful. Um, and the other sort of kind of upside to it being an extended primary is that when is the last time anybody got excited about John McCain? Yeah, no shit. If you look at the media coverage, you have, it's like, only token representations. Oh, look at this fight between Hillary and Obama, yeah. and just for equal time, John no, McCain went to his high school. But you still have like a, a lot of people. Yeah, but it, the speeches he's been giving are kind of awesome. Like he's been he's been going the other way than he was. Like he's he's contradicting himself, where he's <laughs> going against the hundred year war idea, yeah. and like really starting to kind of push some progressive ideas and doing that thing that maverick breaking rank kind of thing that McCain's like known for the stuff that made like Rush Limbaugh and all the pundits just like hate him hate him (laughs) like he's kind of going back into that well he's pivoting towards the general election uh however the you can you can tell that he's you can tell that he's swinging left and right and he's trying to find that center path yeah as the real election starts to come in because everybody's going to go central everybody is yeah uh, although I, I will say that Obama has run a completely centrist campaign from the beginning uh, I'm not saying that's a benefit or a negative, and I'm, I'm not saying whether I appreciate it or not. But yeah. like Obama has actually been very good at disguising his 
rather remarkably radical liberal stances on a lot of things. Yeah, it's it's funny how like saying things that are good for people like yeah, your jobs are going to be safe, your safety is going to be secure. Communist. Right, like it, it that's that's a very popular idea of saying that you're going to be safe and secure and well taken care of yeah. and your voice will be heard. Un-American. Jesus Christ. Oh, you don't have a yeah. flag lapel pin it's, on yeah. while you're saying that? Go back to Russia, right. motherfucker. And that's that, that's the thing that we were talking about earlier, the flag lapel thing, like that that kind of patriotism that like yeah that he stands against. Well, and he and I will say that, that yeah okay he hasn't been coming out and he hasn't been that sort of street fighting organizer that he was in Chicago in his early days when he's basically calling for the downfall of you know yeah. the capitalist structure and you know the man's keeping us down. Uh, but he has been, I thought, very courageous, actually, in several of his stances. That flag, the flag lapel thing, as stupid and moronic as it is, like, the reason he did it and is the reason that he's been attacked for it uh, is that he thinks that that is a false form of patriotism. Right. And well, th- it is. Yeah, it's... and it is. And it absolutely is. Yeah. And the fact that he actually said that, and I, th- I, I give him all the admiration in well, the world and Well, and all the attacks against uh, his wife, Michelle, and the attacks against him of, like, talking about, like, I was never proud to be an American until my husband became <laughs> a candidate. And, like, everybody wrote it off as, like, this proud moment when, you know, really, like it's okay like you can criticize something that you love like yeah you know whenever like i wrecked the car my parents beat the shit out of me yeah. you know but they loved me yeah and that's the whole difference of it is that the the people who go against the flag waving lapel wearing kind of bullshit patriotism it's very indicative of like from like a psychological standpoint it's so indicative of how they were raised that they're all spoiled rotten mm-hmm. people that, that you cannot criticize the things that you love yeah. And that goes into, like, to Reverend Wright's comments yeah. and stuff. The whole goddamn America. That, like, yeah. my parents had towels embroidered with damn it Mark for my brother. <laughs> that were just to clean up his shit. Because exactly. It's the, it's the old saying that only I can beat up my little brother. Right. And you'd be like, I love them enough to beat the shit out of <laughs> yes. them. And uh, Michelle Obama's comments actually were kind of she misspoke at least so she claims later she, like she's never been more proud of uh, the United States in instead her adult of, life instead of the yeah and, the, and politically speaking. never been more proud instead yeah. of the first time I've been yeah, proud yeah yeah right um, so to be fair to her on that um, and to the Reverend Wright thing yeah um, I don't think did we even touch on Reverend Wright last time did that even blow up last that wasn't, time we recorded that hadn't happened yet oh shit well, we should talk about that. Um, yeah, the Reverend Wright controversy, for those, the few of you who haven't heard about it, uh, Obama's pastor at a Chicago church, now former pastor, over the course of the 30 years that he has been a preacher at yeah. this church in Chicago that Obama attended, has on occasion said some inflammatory things. Wait a second. Are you saying that pastors of black churches get inflammatory? Actually, no. I'm going even farther than that. I'm saying that religious people say stupid shit sometimes. That's crazy. I know. That's going to brand me as a bigot. But uh, so, yeah. So Obama's pastor writes, said on one occasion after September 11th, goddamn America. And which isn't it trite? Isn't it? Isn't it just so? Uh, 
isn't it so showing of the the racism that's still in America that oh, yeah. nobody no, flipped no, no, out about fucking Pat Robertson? No, that's the thing. That's the exact thing. Or the, the 700 Club? No, yeah. Pat Robertson and Jerry Falwell, like the day, you know, like three days after September 11th, like on the 14th, I think it was, actually came out and had a little, you know, uh, religious right circle jerk on the 700 that, Club saying yeah. that we deserve September 11th because of the gays yeah. and the feminists yeah. and... Uh, Basically, there was some other group that they blamed. I can't really recall, but it, it was just it was it was just people who are it was evangelical just, it was white just, Christians. It was just racial arson. Like it was mm. horrible. Like yeah. that. Like nobody cared. Yeah. About them saying that, people went, "Oh, well, they're crazy old white guys," <laughs> and just like, dismissed them. But then, like a black guy in Chicago says, the thing. "God damn America!" The fact that he was a black guy, the media had been looking for any opportunity yep. whatsoever to bring up the question yeah. of Obama's electability because he's black. But yeah. they cannot come out and say that directly. So this right thing, again, over the thirty years of his preaching, they find about thirty seconds worth of like strange weird. And you know, to be honest. This guy is kind of strange, and he's kind of out there. He's he's yeah. he believes in oh, all sorts of conspiracy theories and UFOs, I believe. But uh, regardless, the main point. You know of who them, else was a paranoid motherfucker? Louis Farrakhan. That guy is crazy. Yeah, he, he thinks there is literally a spaceship. Yeah, I think filled with Jews. It doesn't Wait, mean I don't really yeah, even. Know it doesn't exactly. mean that you can't preach truth. Like it's, <laughs> I know, like I know. it's his his like his sermons are beautiful. Like if you if you look through like. The other footage of him, or even the goddamn America one, mm. it's amazing, yeah. and I think that's a big part of where Obama came from. I think oh, that's, yeah. uh, that's a big part of how. No, that's the thing, and I, 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 to the people who think that Obama is sort of a milk toast centrist uh, DLC candidate, yeah. no, I think Obama is secretly a radical, like dyed in the wool FDR style liberal. He, like he's a guy that wants really? to fundamentally. I just, hope so. Just shift the paradigm. Well, that's the, uh, and, and that's kind of goes to the whole hope message yeah. that you know. That's kind of the but, idea yeah. that we have to. What we're doing right now doesn't work. Yeah, and everybody's agreeing with like, that. This idea of of modern day imperialism and and just bullying the world around us yeah. that we rely on for our resources now because we fucking outsourced everything to the world. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work. That's not sustainable. Yeah. So we kind of got to shift that up. So. But that's what John McCain's running on, and that's why exactly. When, you know what? And that's when when John McCain's having a good day. When like he's yeah. Had, when like, he's having a good day, he's Bush yeah, the third. Yeah. When he's had like when when he, he's had like a nap and like a, a nice <laughs> yeah. and like a nice lobbyist hand job. He's like that conservative. Like he's, <laughs> like he's cool. Like he gives. He's like the good conservative speech. you want to have a beer with. Yeah. Yeah. But like he's kind of says it like let's go to like the true meaning of conservatism like. I hate to say it, but kind of like Ron Paul, like to an to an Not extent, true. where That's true. of just uh, of just isolationism and yeah. like those nice, nice Taft kind of policies. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what, everybody, just keep doing what you're doing, enjoy the party, mm-hmm. uh, let the jazz times roll, yeah. and we'll just see yeah. uh, what happens tomorrow morning. Yeah. It's <laughs> government's the, not going to intervene. In fact, we're going to throw a bunch of money at rich yeah. people and hope that that solves everything. Yeah, the Democratic race is just like. It's just so stressful and hand-wringing stuff. Like, McCain is really a fascinating character, especially for where the Republican Party is right now. Yeah, who all still hate him. If you were, like, a hardcore Republican, like a big Bushite, like, holy crap. Like, you, you... You've got to be panicking right now. Yeah. The thing thing of it is that Bush was himself never much of a conservative, and the way he's governed has, in fact, been as an imperial liberal. Right. 
like he's basically saying spend as much money as possible. Uh, fuck isolationism. Yeah. Uh, we are the last superpower. Yeah. And uh, please keep go shopping. Yeah. That's basically Bush's presidency. Well, the, 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 his economic policy is such bullshit. Just still thinking that we can just buy our way out of any kind of recession. or yeah. Even though he can't say recession. That we're having, no, a, no, but, that we're having a tough patch. Yes. And it's, it's so a rough like, spot. But it's like, I, I don't know why anybody in, like, in like major media hasn't put that. Like, why isn't Olbermann saying, like, the, how, how clear that is? That Bush cannot say recession because a nation in recession does not start wars. Or does yeah. not oh, yeah. continue? Well, no, no. It's, it's the it's the entire tax cuts during wartime right. mentality. Yeah, like if anything, like if you were if an, a nation with a with an economy that's in recession might start a new war <laughs> because that might because actually it feed makes the money. Economy. But like, yeah, but but that's why he can't say it. I don't know why anybody hasn't said that. Like, we well, cannot actually, continue military well, you have conflicts. The, you if have we're in a recession. Joseph Stieglitz, the Nobel Prize winning economist who went before Congress and said that this war is going to end up costing roughly, I think, uh, $6 trillion. Six? Yeah, $6 trillion. Jesus. Um, and we're, we're barreling through you know hundreds of millions a month. Uh, billions, excuse me. And he's the first prominent public figure, I think, to draw that direct parallel between the Iraq war and our failing economy. Yeah. Because it is a huge drag on our economy. Yeah, it's insane. Like we, we, I, I can't remember the name offhand, but there's a an amazing website that you can you can go to the calculating the the real time calculating cost of the Iraq War, and you can put in your zip yeah. code, and it'll calculate it yeah. down to your town it's or your region. It's costing you two hundred dollars a day. I've given, <laughs> like I, I put it out to my part, like dividing the population of Lawrence by that neighborhood and like I couldn't keep up with the amount of money that was going through mm-hmm. but it worked out to where I've given almost 9 grand yeah to the Iraq war yeah. of my money um, and we could get into all sorts of discussions about the tenets of bush style conservatism which in fact may want to drive the federal government into bankruptcy and dismantle every arm of it yeah. because as Grover Norquist famously said, they want to shrink federal government down yeah. to the size so they can drown it in a bathtub. But I want to get back to Hillary Clinton being a liar. Let's, let's well, circle, we're, we're, let's circle we're, it back to the more salacious stuff. We were stuff. getting dangerously close to yeah. the economy, which <laughs> no, no, is, no, like, no, no. goes into just bullshit period for me. Yeah. Like, this is not the financial yeah. times. I'm fascinated. You come to punditocracy to yeah. hear dick jokes. Yeah, I'm fascinated political dick jokes. <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by the government bailing out Bear Stearns, and mm-hmm. I, and I, but I cannot talk about the repercussions of it because I don't understand. No, that no, shit I have the foggiest idea. All. I don't know how people can a, make money off of debt. Yeah. like just trade debts. I don't get that. It's, I still don't understand. It's making that. money off of perceived. This is, and this is me alone. Mm-hmm. Right? Man Armstrong talking for himself. <laughs> I'm kind of an idiot, but um, it's yeah, it's people uh making money off of perceived value of future growth. So like, to people like me who rent home, rent their home, and don't invest and keep money just in a bank for saving, like. Or in a sock under my mattress, like it's not affecting me that much. Like my rent might go up because my landlord is getting fucked, but like yeah. it really isn't affecting me that much. So like it's it's a strange time to be in America right now. Like I'm just watching like the cost of food kind of creep up, and like wondering why my gas why it costs two hundred and fifty bucks a month to heat my house. And like, fuck that, the price of beer is going up too. Is. Like I don't know if everybody's been in a liquor every, store the past every, few weeks. Everything beer has gone through the roof. Yeah. Like, yeah. transportation, like, uh, you know, because of the 
shipping companies having to pay for fuel, yeah. and then the the overhead for the manufacturing, say like the glass bottles or the, shipping the, the hops but, in from but Europe. That's, that's that's worldwide. The Ivory Coast is having crazy riots right now because of the cost of living going up so fast. Like. Hmm. The they had uh, wait civil unrest in Africa isn't that weird yeah. yeah they had they had a level of uh, they had a level of rioting that left people dead last week I was just reading about that today that Studio B yeah but uh, did you hear that America <laughs> that is really expensive freedom being but, opened uh, up yeah it uh, the rest of the world is flipping out because uh, agriculture is getting uh, crazy expensive. We're not producing enough food to, to keep everybody fed. Like, I blame ethanol, and I don't even know why. Hmm. Something to do with corn prices, and it's hurting the third yeah. world. See, we're, we're still dancing on the edge of, like, <laughs> shit that I don't know about. Yeah, so all. that's why I want to actually pull it back yeah, to Reverend Wright, and the reason why. Did you, did you like that really ham-fisted segue, yeah. listeners? Um, I, the Reverend Wright controversy, and we did talk about this is the main reason it was a controversy is not so much what he said because again as we as we mentioned every prominent religious figure says something that's going to piss somebody else off in fact right. i would argue that they all do because religion by nature is a very divisive <laughs> and yeah. very uh, unwelcoming institution uh but the reason reverend wright got so much play is and you alluded to it matt because he's black. Yeah. The media wanted a, a, an excuse to remind he, people he that, wears a, he wears oh, a, hey, by the way, yeah. America, before you do this, Obama's black. Yeah. yeah. And they're using riot as yeah. an opportunity to portray Obama as the black candidate so no, they can have all these they, important they, discussions they, about race. Which, they have, and they don't want to yeah. have a fucking important they, discussion they about it. Ex- they just want to play that clip over and over again they to freak ex- people out. They had an excuse to show a clip of a man in a dashiki mm-hmm. saying, God damn America. Yes. Yes, which, you know... When really, like, okay, like, in Iraq right now, the American forces are fighting on the side of a civil war right now against the Supreme Islamic Commander, against, like, I can't even remember his name because it's not covered in the news, but there's a bad guy out there <laughs> saying, everybody damn America, like, like there's a bad guy yeah. that we should be talking about. that And, like, and I love that, like, we're not talking about that side of it at all, like, that... It's it's just it's the the constant stream of distraction of twenty four yeah. hour news networks. Yes, and but and the other thing that we didn't get a chance to talk about in our hiatus because of the sniper fire <laughs> was Obama's response to the right controversy, which is going to I think go down in history as one of the most brilliant and honest political maneuvers ever. Yeah, uh, the speech he delivered on. The history of race relations was, in the United States, where Obama basically threw down a gauntlet and said, "You know, I shame you, media, yeah. for focusing on this and not actually dealing with yeah. larger issues." And the media was pissed off about this initially. They, like, "Oh fuck you, kinda, Obama! Kinda we just wanted to show this freaky clip of this freaky yeah. guy saying freaky things over yeah. and over again." But you had to come out and give a professorial and brilliant and soaring speech um, but it was like it was like the response that any human should have if if you but had not like, a politician politicians aren't human and right. obama proved right. that he's not a typical politician like if, you, if you had your friends like every one of your friends and your coworkers and your bosses coming to you and saying like you should really stop talking to this matt armstrong guy like he's <laughs> he you know because he's bad for this and this and and like you most politicians would just kind of roll over and be like okay well i can't hang out with him anymore yeah but like 
It was so Clinton would have bagged that guy was, in if, a heartbeat. Like Reverend if, she, if, she, gotta, if Clinton had had a pastor or any sort of figure in her past that would be like a Geraldine Ferraro, let's say, yeah, yeah, and we, shit, we didn't. Was Ferraro even? Oh, anyway. I'm sure. Yeah, well, I'll assume that, that most of the people listening know who Geraldine Ferraro is and the stupid shit that she said. Uh, but you know, you can't when, take her serious. She worked with Mondale. You can't take her seriously. <laughs> yeah, come on, <laughs> female vice president. <laughs> Not even that. Yeah, forget the ovaries. Just yeah. Mondale. <laughs> yeah, yeah I was actually gonna... talking about Mondale, the female oh. there in that equation. <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, but yeah, so you know. Ferraro came out with her stupid comments, and yeah. she was gone within three days. Yeah. Like, and, you know, she can say that she resigned, yeah. but no, she was forced out by Clinton. Yeah. Obama refuses to kowtow, and he will not disavow right the man. It's just, it's so, it was just so beautiful. I totally had a crush moment, like, <laughs> watching that speech, because he just said it so well. Like, I don't agree with what he said. Yeah. Not entirely. Yeah. He's my pastor. He married me and my wife. Yeah, that'd be like saying to to disavow my brother. I can't. You know, and it, it, and it goes on to that other line of logic that like you can bitch at the things that you love. You can complain about yeah. the things that you love, because that's how you love the things that you love. You yeah. let it grow through well, it. It's, on, only I can beat up my little brother, and only I yeah. can molest my choir boy. Okay, that's a bit extreme. Okay, backtracking. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm not on either one of their campaigns. Uh, but the Obama the needle just goes off the record. <laughs> um, the Obama speech about race was both the right and honest thing to do, no. and it was also a politically brilliant thing to do. And and maybe it's because I'm not like in the news at all, but like it it just had the complete opposite feel from like a Clinton speech. Well, it's that, because he wrote it himself. And that it was well done, and like, and there was no manipulation mm-hmm. at all in it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just gorgeous. And, it, and it, it, totally, it totally backed up that idea that's been passed around, the, the Robert Kennedy and, and Martin Luther King combinations. Um, and as sort of a counterbalance to that moment, Obama's, like, sort of, like, opening up his heart and laying all the cards out on the table— as to who he is and what kind of a man he is and how he thinks. Uh, We have Hillary Clinton, who, on top of the Bosnia incident, uh, it's just coming out recently, has been, shall we say, serial exaggerating on another topic, this time when she's on the stump talking about her health care plan. She has an anecdote that she's used multiple, multiple times about an Ohio woman who was pregnant, uh, who went to a hospital to receive treatment, was denied treatment because she did not have health insurance, gave birth, the child died, and then she died. Just this really horrific story about our failed and collapsed yeah. uh, medical system. New York Times, today, I believe, actually came out with an article. They say, um, hold on a sec. Uh, yeah. We kind of called a few people. And it turns out that this woman does exist. Yeah. And yes, and tragically, yes, she she did die, and her child did die uh, yeah. through complications. Uh, but 
she did have health insurance, and she was receiving medical treatment from mm. this hospital that Hillary Clinton was demonizing. Mm. And so the hospital is like, say, hey, 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 hey. We, like, granted, like, we don't agree with our healthcare system as it stands now, but we did everything we could for her. And so she's now being caught in another, we'll call it an exaggeration. And that's... <laughs> which... Because I'm feeling charitable today, right? Because KU's played in the Final Four. Yeah, because she'll because <laughs> she'll say she misspoke again. Or yeah. she was misinformed. But like, but this goes back. This goes back to the thing politicians about politicians have been doing that forever. But like, this goes back to the frame issue. Like, she has a pre-existing narrative right. as a liar, right? And the media is going to pounce on this, and it's gonna, it's like a. It's like an empty vase. Did you see how... And they're just going to fill it up with this story because it fits so nicely. Did you see how Bill Clinton responded to that? that to uh, Responding to how everybody was starting to fact check? And they asked the beauty of, of living <laughs> in the information age, like, like we yeah, do right now, is that, like, you can't bullshit. Yeah. And like, by you the can way, check on everything. But, like, Bill Clinton's response was, you guys need to chill out. Chill out. Yeah, that was no, his response. Well, well his chill, yeah, the chill out thing was in response to a bunch of Obama supporters and superdelegates saying that Hillary needs to step out of the way. Which, yeah. by the way, is a tactically stupid move on Obama's part to let people say that because that's just going to fuel the sympathy well, Obama for – he's, No, he's, he didn't – no, he, he said no. No, Hillary can stay in as long as she wants. The thing is she's going she, – I, I still have that fear in the back of my – throat about uh, that she's going to be the nominee because of superdelegates it's been two yeah. years that we've been talking about superdelegates i'd never heard of them before <laughs> in my entire life but nobody been, had to care there's been two years where it's been like people have been going it's coming down to this it's coming yeah. down to this it's coming down to this yeah. oh but what about the superdelegates and like she still has more and she, she knows how to manipulate the system but here's the thing the superdelegates that she has she has had since before a single vote was cast in yeah. the primary season. Yeah. Like these are all people that were just Clinton backers yeah. that are left over from the nineties and her husband's cronies and pals and fobs. They're called the, friends and, of Bill. And they're steadily going over. They to are. Their and side. since the um Super Tuesday primaries, Obama has received something like fifty five superdelegates. Yeah. Clinton's gotten one. And in fact, has lost one. Wow! Yeah. So all the momentum on the superdelegate side is on so Obama's it still side. Is going over. Uh, however, that said, Clinton still has more superdelegates. And the other, uh, this is just irksome to me. Uh, Indeed. That's how irksome it is. <laughs> that's what we call broadcasting. Yes. You like that, America? <laughs> Lick it up. Gross. Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Clinton. Clinton, what's even grosser than that, is that Clinton has, through surrogates, issued the statement that pledged delegates aren't really pledged. Well, because I that they can switch. And it's true, technically, yes. And Randy Rhodes, who is a, uh, a DJ on Air America. The, the dead guitar player for Ozzy Osbourne? She might as well be, so far so far as many, however many people listen to her on I Air love America. Crazy Train. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully we'll be playing that in rock band mm-hmm. later tonight. Um, Randy Rhodes, who is a host on Air America, she's a left-leaning commentator. Uh, she got suspended from Air America recently because she was at a rally that was thrown by Obama supporters. Not by Obama himself. It had, like, no coordination with the Obama campaign. But she was at a rally in San Francisco, I think, for Obama supporters. And she <laughs> she, called, she called Hillary Clinton a fucking whore. 
on stage. And she said the reason she thinks Hillary Clinton is a fucking whore, Randy Rhodes' words, not mine, uh, is because Hillary Clinton is the sort of person who says, hey, look at the fine print, asshole. What? uh, It's that super – it's that pledge delegate comment that she made. Technically, pledge delegates aren't pledged. And technically, I don't have to follow the will of the popular vote. And technically, I don't have to observe the fact that Obama has won more than twice as many states as I have. And that's exactly why I'm terrified. It, yeah. But, you know, if pe- people – I saw this number getting dallied about uh, today, uh, that she's actually won more of the popular vote when you <laughs> when you take Michigan and Florida counts. <laughs> yeah, when okay. – I'll, I'll let you fill in the rest of the thought because <laughs> okay. I know exactly where you're going. Uh, that, that, that also gets the, uh, that the she has, up. That she has more people uh, that okay. have voted for her because she what well, Okay, the, 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 the sort of – the looming shoe that has yet to drop in this whole race is the Michigan and Florida primaries. Uh, Michigan and Florida decided – that they're going to be dicks right. and ignore the primary schedule that was set by the Democratic National Committee and was agreed upon by all of the primary states, it was including them, them initially. It was and just it, them pushing up to January, right? That's what started yeah, all this? Yeah. And, and the thing of it is, is that Harold Ickes, who was on That's Clinton's awesome campaign, name. Ickes, great name. <laughs> Harry Ickes. <laughs> Harry Ickes. <laughs> Harold Ickes. Uh, who is one of Clinton's main campaign advisors, is on the board of the Democratic National Committee and agreed to these rules, voted and agreed to the schedule that was set, and also voted to agree to strip Florida and Michigan of their delegates if they violated this schedule. Which they did. Which they did. In like They were warned repeatedly, and, repeatedly, right. that if they skipped ahead, the thing is that uh, as it stands right now in the – Primary in both parties, actually, in the primary process, that Iowa and New Hampshire hold a stranglehold on importance. And it has been this way for, you know, the past three or four election cycles for president in that they always go first. And generally, that is basically anointed the nominee for each party. Like if you win Iowa and New Hampshire, that's it. You're done. You've stamp sealed. You move on. Right. Uh, This year is a lot different. Uh, But that's neither here nor there. But anyway, um, Florida and Michigan jumped ahead because they wanted to have more importance in the nominating process. And it's not even that. They didn't even want more importance. They wanted more campaign dollars from each of the campaigns, flooding the market with television advertising yeah, which, and bringing the media in and spending and getting yeah, tax dollars. Which which they got. Which, you know, you know for, for self-interest. person. Yes. And the thing it is, because they jumped ahead, most of the, most of the Democratic nominees – Agreed, so far as Michigan goes, that they would not be on the ballot. John Edwards, Barack Obama, Bill Richardson all agreed that they would not appear on the ballot. We will not campaign in those states. Yeah, they would not campaign in Florida and they wouldn't even appear on the ballot in Michigan. Hillary Clinton again said, in Randy Rhodes' words, fuck you, asshole, read the fine print. And Clinton decided to keep her name on the Michigan ballot. And, and she campaigned in Florida, didn't she? She didn't. She didn't. Like I could have sworn she. she had okay, okay. Like, this is where we get into like the sort of tricky territory. She held like rallies. She held of- rallies there, mm-hmm. which she claims were not campaign events. Yes, I was in South Park earlier talking about how awesome I was yeah. to an audience of five thousand uh, people. But you know, that's just casual conversation yeah. with friends, just talking. Yeah, it was a dinner party, Jesus really. Christ. Yeah. So. 
Okay, Clinton is now apoplectic. The, no, not now. All of a sudden, she is a woman of the people, demanding that every vote be counted, except for the popular votes. Except uh, for all those votes. Yeah, except people. for all those people that voted for Obama. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah, welcome to Studio B, everybody. <laughs> Shit just got real. Uh, so Clinton is now throwing hissy fists, trying to get the delegates from Michigan and Florida seated at the Democratic National Convention, even though Obama did not campaign in Florida and Obama did not even appear on the ballot in Michigan. Right, and so she's got her her arms up, just yeah, proclaiming victory. And the thing of it is, even if you factor in those votes as they stand, when Obama was not on the ballot and he did not campaign in Florida, she's still behind in the popular vote. Yeah, she's only like she closes the gap considerably, but she's still behind in the popular vote. And so, what the Clinton campaign is hoping on, beyond hope, is that they can. Get those delegates seated and get that vote counted and then blow Obama out in Pennsylvania and all the remaining primaries so that they can what, overcome the popular vote. that's what they were talking about. Was... And then persuade the superdelegates to come their way because there's no way – there's literally no mathematical way that she can catch up and pledge delegates, those delegates that are awarded based on the votes in the primaries. So she's hoping that she can pull ahead in the primary and the uh, popular vote and then convince – the superdelegates to come over her way and say Obama is black and can't be elected. That's the message. No, that's seriously the message she's sending out to superdelegates. He's black. He can't win. Yeah. And like, I mean, they're not saying, I mean, they're saying oh, it's unfortunate, but it's the reality. Yeah. Like he's, he's a black man. He can't win in these swing states with white collar, white voters like yeah. Ohio and Pennsylvania who were out of work because of Clinton's yeah and the NAFTA oh, agreement or Bill Clinton. oh and the Austin oh and speaking of those trade agreements like Obama got slammed because one of his advisors supposedly met with a Canadian counselor that they were talking about NAFTA yeah. and how like Obama's advisor said just disavow whatever he says on the campaign trail we're going to support NAFTA yeah. turned out that didn't actually happen that way but now Oh, uh, Clinton's chief of staff, not chief of staff, but her main campaign advisor and strategist, Mark Penn, yeah. who is a toad of a man, a troll of a man, a douchebag amongst most, douchebags. Most, most people in that facility yeah. are. Uh, I mean, you it, see, like, people who are, like, the brainiacs behind campaigns and stuff. Yeah. They are horrible Yeah, they, I mean, Mark like, physically is, stunted. I know. And, like, they, we have, like, a Carl weird... Carl Rove, perfect example. Yeah, he has, like, those two weird arms that grow out of his chest. He's like, not a quado. Mm. He's not a quado. He might be working on I don't one. think he's a quado. He's nasty. He's, he's, got, he's got man tits, granted, but that does not a quado M- make. MC Rove is gross. <laughs> the weird <laughs> veiny head. And they all, like, they're all... Mark, They're all trolls, and they all yeah. have, like, insanely hot, like, stripper girlfriends. Uh, if they they're straight. If they're straight. Oh, good point. I have my doubts about Carl Rove. Compensating much? Mm-hmm. I will say that Mark Penn is the equivalent of the Democrats' Carl Rove, and he is working for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Mark Penn went to Columbia and met with the government of Columbia Oh, the it, nation, not the. I, yes, I thought you meant yes, like the, the college. Nation. Because no, it's we're like, yeah. uh, right now. Hillary uh, went there. We, what? <laughs> we as a we as a nation are trying to negotiate another free trade pact with Colombia, uh, which Clinton has said on the campaign that she opposes because it's a suck up to the white collar workers that have lost their jobs in Ohio and well, Pennsylvania and as a result Col- of these trade agreements. And also because Colombia is a boiling pot right now. Yeah, yeah. 
bark anyone? Jesus. <laughs> That's the kind of trade the agreement economy. that I want with yeah. Colombia. But Mark Penn has two hats. Not only is he a strategist and lead advisor for the Clinton campaign, he is also, uh, during his day job, I guess, a uh, a lobbyist. And he's uh, oh also one of those douchebags that is a union buster and I've sided read... with the Hollywood producers during the writer's strike. I think I have read something about this guy. Yeah, yeah he's, like a, he's like a fixer. Yeah, like... he is. Yeah. And he actually was contracted by the Colombian government to try to negotiate with the American government this trade agreement. And he's working for Hillary Clinton and, in fact, is the head honcho in Hillary Clinton's campaign. However, Hillary Clinton has said publicly she opposes this agreement. Meanwhile, her chief of staff or her main campaign guy is negotiating the exact said tr- uh, treaty and agreement with the Colombian government. Wow. Yeah. So these are the people that are running the Clinton campaign. Uh, Mark Penn is an asshole. And you know what? Um, is that is, – is, that's fact. That's not, it's fact. That's no, not no. A- he, he, in fact, had to apologize for it. And has been fired by the Colombian government. So we're not – God damn. Yeah, because <laughs> they said, hey, I thought we were on speaking. I thought we were good on this. And Mark Penn is like, eh, I kind of got like this boss lady. Another yeah, thing. Sorry, I should have told you up front. Man, I would love to read that guy's biography or something. This guy, I, bet that's, I bet it's fascinating. Yeah, he's also the architect behind the 3 a.m. ad. Uh, oh. Yeah, so he's that. He's is, he is the Democrats' Carl Rove. I should not even say the Democrats' Carl Rove. He's Hillary so whenever, Clinton's Carl Rove. So whenever like, I've heard on the news them talking about Clinton having Carl Rove's playbook, they mean they have Mark Penn. Yes, Mark Penn. Remember his name. He should be a pariah in American politics. Wow. I bet you know what? As soon when I when about, like, the not yet, but like, when Hillary Clinton drops out of the race, Mark yikes. Penn, I'm throwing it out. I'm throwing my balls out on the table right now in Studio B. I'm teabagging the microphone. Do you think she's actually going to take Pennsylvania? Yeah, she will. You think she will? Okay. Yeah, but I think it's going to be within single digits. Okay, which will give Obama the momentum into Indiana okay. and. Uh, I think Oregon and the rest of the, the remaining primaries. But anyway, you're 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 teabagging and you uh, think But she's I yeah, I think to... Mark Penn you're gonna see Mark Penn as a Fox News analyst before long. Is wow. my bet. Wow. Uh it, yeah. God yeah. damn, that's such a shallow pool of just evil bastards. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing. Like, what a weird, like, break room to hang out in. Like, imagine, like, if you just had to go to Fox News for, like, an interview. Like, if you had a book out or yeah. something. Yeah. Or a new Carl one. Rose in the green or, room. like, a record Sitting next to Mark Penn. Hang out in that, like, that employee. Sean Hannity yeah. strolling there's like down. A, there's, like, a spa or something. Like, that's just a pit I'm a, of evil. I, I'm imagining that Sean Hannity does not wear pants in the Fox News studios. He's just strolling up and down. He okay, he's a gentleman. He will be wearing boxers. Could you imagine But I imagine he's wearing uh the uh the the what do you call them the uh the little stirrups to keep your socks up? I just I just had an epiphany. I understand radical Islam. Right <laughs> the fucking damage you could do and how much you could fix in America with one suicide bomber in the fucking private spa of Fox News. Yes. Holy shit. Did you know that they actually had bed bugs in the Fox News studio? Every place that there's been whores has, has <laughs> been And if Bill O'Reilly's my, been there, you know, they're going to be yeah. genital mites. Yeah, my mother uh, actually got bed bugs in Russia Ugh. because they stayed at a bad hotel. Ugh. Yeah, we had to burn her clothes. Ah, <laughs> is she all right? Oh, yeah, she was fine. Okay, good. Yeah, bed bugs, just a little itchy, scabies yeah, kind okay. of thing. Is, is yeah. it worse than crabs? 
No, they don't clean the hairs. Well, they well, they, they get in your skin. And they kind of irritate you. Will will they will they fight the crabs? I need something. Because <laughs> the, the little comb and the ointment aren't working. Then you need I, I'm, I'm then, hoping to fight fire with fire. I'm hoping you, to get little bugs fighting little bugs then in my you, pubes. Then you, then you need humid Russian sheets, apparently, <laughs> is what you need. <laughs> I just need to rub Bill O'Reilly's face in my crotch. Oh. Yeah. No, I mean I feel bad for saying that, but yeah, I I got it. I understand. Like you could seriously do real change. Like imagine if you got rid, and I hate saying this because we're technically pundits right now. Mm. But if you got rid of pundits, no, and like and like went back to like I argue with you and on like this point. and like went back to like the era of just like of like. Edward Edward Morrow like like newscast. That's the thing, though. God um, damn, it, I. Okay, biased, granted, man crush, granted. Yeah. Keith Olbermann is, he is the latter day yeah. Edward R. Murrow. Yeah. He is the guy that, and I'm, I'm absolutely fairly convinced of this. He's not a partisan. He just has a very acute sense of bullshit, and when he sees it, he calls it. Yeah. And as it so happens, the party that is wallowing in bullshit and that has been in power for the past 14 years or the Republican Party and the George W. Bush Party. And so he's been railing against that. I'm certain that if it was a corrupt Democratic administration, he'd be railing against them too. And I'd like to think that I would have the same fortitude and wherewithal if it were to come to that. Well, that, that, but that's the whole thing with with people talking about the liberal media and stuff. And it's because the only thing you can expose... Jew-run media. Yeah, that you can just expose like the bullshit that the right wing's been doing. Yes. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's an endless font of material. Yeah. You know what? Like, get your shit straight. <laughs> get your affairs in order because, you know, maybe stop dicking around with everybody on the planet and then we'll stop <laughs> reporting about how you're dicking with everybody on the planet. Like, oh, oh, anyway. Okay. Anyway. That was, um, the the deepest, is, that was the deepest rat hole I've <laughs> ever been in in my entire life. I don't life. even know exactly even know where, where we started, started that conversation. Uh, and the thing is, I had a whole list of 1980s and 90s comedians that I wanted to throw around oh. as a corollary to Sinbad. But who did you like back then? Uh, Judy, was... Judy Tenuta. Oh. Uh, you remember her? Rock, Robert lady. Wool. Remember Robert Wool? He had like a weird spelled. He was name. in Batman, the original Batman, uh, the oh, Tim God. Burton Batman. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, Gallagher. Gallagher's a bit overused. Ga- is Overextended. Dead yet? He no, got, no, no. I remember he got cancer and like shaved his head. Well, there's two Gallagher's. Did you know that? There's Gallagher and his brother, but they both tour. They're twins, and they both tour as Gallagher, but really? they compete against each other. So you never know if you're going to see the actual Gallagher or mock Gallagher. I know it's terrifying, is it? I mean, it's terrifying enough to think that there was one Gallagher in the universe, but there are two Gallaghers. I wish there was like a photo that we could that we could send with the Ponka because I seriously just like <laughs> oh, lost, we can't actually. I just I just lost focus in my eyes and just like kind of glazed over. Like <laughs> that just blew my mind. Like yeah. I hadn't even thought about Gallagher. Like <laughs> like that's, just, that's like smoky backroom shit. Yeah, I know. Like, I know. Um, oh, oh, and there's Andrew Dice Clay references. He was on and, some reality show recently. Oh. Who does or like it? maybe had his own reality show? <sighs> well, did you know that there was a movie called Brain Smasher? Yeah. That he was in. Yeah. It was called Brain Smasher, A Love Story. Yeah. I happened to flip by it on syndication a few nights ago, and it was something about ninjas chasing Andrew Dice Clay and Terry Hatcher yeah. through New York yeah. looking for a rare... 
and Mystical Orchid, yeah. I believe. Yeah, it's total. It's yeah, it's a total bullshit movie. But, but like, here's the thing: The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. That's a great movie. Underappreciated classic. No, yeah, it's a good classic. Movie. Yeah. Directed by Rennie Harlan, who did Die Hard Two, and uh, also that shark movie where Samuel L. Jackson got eaten. Deep Blue Sea. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> did you see that movie with the shark? <laughs> I got eaten. <laughs> Um, I have a new hero, <laughs> but Randy like Harlan. that's a weird thing. Is like, yeah. Oh, and he did that horrible pirate movie with uh, Gina Davis. Oh, he was in that um, Cutthroat Island. Cutthroat was... Island. Wait, Rennie Rennie Harlan. Directed. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Samuel dice, the dice man. No dice man. No. no dice but like the thing is, like he hasn't worked in years and years and years. But like when he was on that reality show, like he was in some fucking McMansion. What? In Palo Alto. Just All you like had to do is say hickory dickory dock and then say something about his cock a few words later. Yeah. And that was cha-ching, cha-ching, yeah. cha-ching I, in I the late 80s. I don't remember the name of the show, but yeah, like he had a thing where like his kids were like doing his old bits. Like his like <laughs> his like six and eight year old boys. Oh! Funny. Hey! Got your target audience. Yeah. Um... Speaking of target audience, we should really start to focus now onto local news. And actually, before we do that, we're going to do things that don't suck. How we wrap up every podcast, or at least we try to, of Punditocracy. Matt Armstrong, what doesn't suck this week? The first one that I've got was uh, Jeremiah Wright, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fact that with all this, the, the shit storm that's been surrounding him, that he hasn't been thrust out and he has not apologized. What he said, he's like, and he hasn't had to like get in front of anybody and say that he stands by his words or anything. That he just, what? That's what I said. And in fact, Obama has not thrown him under the bus. No one has done that. That's cool. It's good by mom. And um, Iron Man. Iron Man. I just, I just stop. I have to stop there. (laughs) Just do it. YouTube the new trend. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Um. I second everything that Matt has said. And I will raise him KU getting into the final four during the NCAA tournament. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, that's why oh, yeah, we're wrapping that, it up. Yeah, because we got to go watch some KU versus North Carolina. Um, and I don't want to make any predictions because we'll probably be embarrassed by them. Uh, however, I, what is unassailable and what is undebatable is that KU's victory over Davidson in the Elite Eight sparked one of the greatest civic moments in Lawrence history mm-hmm. when downtown basically was cordoned off and became a back lot for a zombie movie. When the police give up on a town, yeah. that means something's gone right. Yes, when the, police, <laughs> when the police are just pointing and laughing at people dragging kegs down the They're center of doing, the road. Yeah, doing keg stands yeah. in like 10th and Mass. That's when you know that you live in one of the coolest communities yeah. on the planet. And then we were talking about that the other, the, well, that night because I remember me and you were sitting in front of the replay like just like double fisting and just watching everything. Mm-hmm. Like, like... You can't get that kind of energy to go the other way mm-hmm. in Lawrence. Yeah, like, like you know, if like, if like 
Bush like killed everybody and like ended up just taking like emperor position yeah. instead of a presidential election, like you still wouldn't have people like <laughs> rioting like that. No one would be flipping cars and blowing shit up. You're not gonna see like Middle East style. But instead, yeah, right. like yeah, Mario Chalmers sinks a three and people are like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, we, it was amazing. Yeah. I had never seen such a peaceful mob mm-hmm. in my life. Like people going insane. And destroying Mazda B twenty two hundred trucks. <laughs> and if you're driving a truck down the middle of Lawrence yeah. after a NCAA tournament victory, no. you're asking for it. But like, but then like, I'm not, I'm like, not a blame the victim kind of yeah. guy. But if you have a flatbed and you're on Mass Street in Lawrence, yeah. Kansas, after KU has pulled but, off a but yeah, brilliant victory, none of those guys were being surprised by anything. No. The only guy who got surprised was that guy delivering food to Jackpot uh, in a semi. Poor bastard. But, but he got, he was into it because it was just like, can you imagine like you're doing your job, your shitty delivery food job or probably genovese he was anyway either way he was delivering food but like you're doing your shitty job and like you get done you get back in your car and then a horde of like five thousand people just show up and start going (laughs) woohoo and that's when you get to call your dispatcher and say um guys something's going on i think i'm gonna miss my next deadline yeah when when there's a police escort to get out of a town (laughs) yeah i have a legitimate excuse to get drunk right now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Smokey out. Yeah. Um, What's the code for getting <laughs> lost in a beer-hazed <laughs> flood of humans? Um, yeah. But, yeah, certainly the sense of civic so pride that wells up whenever KU wins is spectacular and does not suck. And I'm not one who really is particularly a school spirit rah-rah kind of guy, nor right. am I one who really even follows sports, period let alone the subset of college sports. Uh, however, I do really hope that KU wins tonight against... Just to get another Roy Williams. To, yeah. And just so that they can resolve whatever abandonment Freudian issues that they have left over from Roy Williams being the former coach and now facing this, off against him. Is this the first time they've played UNC? No. Oh, it's not? I don't think so. I don't know. Not, for, again, I don't follow this shit very closely. They haven't, but, gone, they haven't gone far enough. Well, yeah. Um, all the conferences are meeting. Yeah, now. no. This is the first time that since K, uh, Bill Self number... has been a coach. I do know this. Like, I don't. I, I guess it would have to because I don't see why. I I, is, I, I'm, I, I'm really expressing think, my ignorance right now, I think, listeners. I think my, this is the first time that they've played because this is Roy the first Williams. time that uh, Bill Self has made it to the Final Four. Right. And there would be no reason for them to because play Roy Williams in the, the other 12, tournament. Yeah. Top yeah, of the eight. Top of the ten. Like. This is yeah. okay. If you're a sports fan, and you're listening to this. This is burning your ears, and I apologize. Yeah. But we're working through this. We're yeah. trying. Yeah. See, you should actually be thankful that we're exhibiting interest yeah. because normally we're nihilists and we don't care. Mm. Uh, Lebowski. Yeah. Um. But we're looking forward to watching the game tonight. And regardless of what happens, we're very proud of Lawrence and how they handled their victory. It's going against be a blast. Davidson and yeah. Sunday. And even there's the thing like it, no one's on the sidewalks. Like it, you. Totally just walk around wherever you wanted. There wasn't a crowd. And then you just step off the curb and it's You cra- got swept up and in it's an crazy ocean of mad shirtless people. Yeah. But then yeah. like you go like on the sidewalk and you're safe. You're cool. <laughs> but all of nice. a sudden you have a stain on your pants and it's not from you. Yeah. But you're happy. It was just so nice. Like it that's was. the thing. Like I went to I went to work on Monday and felt fine and I was like, oh, what'd you do last night? Well I was in a fucking riot. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh. And this time it gets to happen on a Saturday night. I know. And if it wins, like if they win the night, there's mm. going to be craziness. Yeah, I think that. And then uh, if they win on Monday, <laughs> holy Jesus! I think Sibelius is going to have to declare a state of emergency and declare the entire week. They just lock down the area. Ku week. Because well, um, um, the school shuts down on like the day after, right? I think they would have to. I mean, nobody's going to go to class anyway. That's amazing. That's a that's amazing. It's like living in a college town is just like beautiful for that because like because in a city like that won't happen. That won't happen for anything. No, yeah, you know, like whenever the da- whenever like Dallas, you know, stars, you know, like a, a one, man like, a man can Cup. land on Mars. Yeah. we could find Osama bin Laden. Um, there could be UFOs that are verified and yeah. aliens that we make contact with. There will not be the same reaction. Yeah. that you will get. Following a KU victory right. in Lawrence, yeah, like I, I mean, I've seen like sports stuff, like like Dallas Stars, like winning the Stanley Cup or something. Yeah, like I've I've, I've seen that where everybody got the little flags in their car windows and stuff and whatever. Like, yeah, <laughs> but nobody was flooding streets. Actually, yeah. you know what? The Cowboys, uh, the last time they won the Super Bowl, people went downtown and in Dallas and and like were flipping cars and stuff. Well, that's and cool. It, and it actually got pretty hairy, <laughs> but like. <laughs> And that's why Deep LM doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> nope. R.I.P. Okay, you know, a lot of people don't even know what that was. R.I.P. Pizzle. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, okay, uh, sorry, listeners, we have to wrap it up because we're going to go watch the KU game tonight. And we thank everybody for listening to us as uh, we are getting drunk at Studio B. And Most please- indirect podcast ever! Yeah! Please feel free to leave comments on lawrence.com. Visit our MySpace page, www.myspace.com backslash punditocracy. Subscribe on iTunes. Just search lawrence.com. Yeah, there's a little button you can click, subscribe to us, so that there will be no waking moment in your life that you can be without the sounds of our dulcet tones. I would like to thank Matt Armstrong for being with us and hosting in Studio B. Yay. Woo! I'm glad to be here. Yes. You're all very kind for listening to us. Have a nice weekend. I really feel awkward saying this, uh, but Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, Go KU. Oh, I kind of clenched. That just doesn't sound natural coming out of me. What does sound natural coming out of me? Bye bye. Late.
So far. 